this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. And if you want to hear more shows every week, we drop an extra episode on the website to members only. So if you want to hear all the member shows previously and in the future and this Thursday, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and you can become a member today. Now, we also offer emergency preparedness food, and that's through preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. You can get emergency preparedness food that lasts up to 25 years shelf life. In this kind of world that we're living in right now, it's never a bad idea to be prepared. And I can't think of another time in modern human history where it's actually acceptable to be a prepper. So go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com and get your emergency supplies today. Now, today we have Reese coming on the show. And this is an interview that we did a long time ago. And Reese had hesitations to come on the show and share his story. And when we talked about it and did the interview, shortly after that, he emailed me asking never to air that interview because after we talked, his fears came true where activity kicked up. And now here we are a year or so later, and he's finally ready to release this interview to the world. And that's what you're going to hear today. Reese had experiences with the hat man in his house growing up, but also some kind of creatures in the woods. He never really saw them at first, but he knew they were there. And then over time, they made it closer and closer to the property line and eventually into his house. And he described them as tall, pale skinned, malnourished looking humanoid things that came in the house. So let's get to Reese right now.
right. Today we got Reese on the show. Reese, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Good, man. So uh, you're in Canada, right? Yeah, Alberta. Okay. And these experiences you've had also happened in Canada, right? Yep. I grew up in my hometown and everything happened in my hometown. Okay, gotcha. I just wanted to clarify that because I know uh, in the email when we were talking, it said that uh, at one point during one of the stories that you were in Europe. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't in Europe when these things happened. So we have the geographical location narrowed down. Uh, so Reese, you have have two experiences or at least subject matters that you want to cover. Uh, let's start off with the hat man. And then we're going to get into the goblins. And I'm really excited to talk to you about these goblins. And we'll get into why and stuff here a little bit later. But um, you have had uh, some Hatman type experiences in a house that you were growing up in. So if you could just walk us into the experience, you know, what happened? Were you uh, living in this house your entire life? Were you just moving in? Uh, did anybody else see it? So just walk us into uh, your experience, man. Uh well, my family moved into this house when I was about four years old. Uh, I don't remember a whole lot of my life before that. I was just really small, but I do remember that my parents lived in two separate houses. Uh, and when I was about four, my parents moved in together, and uh, I was I got to view a couple of the houses in that with my mom in that one time, and it was always weird because I, I had these strange dreams about the houses right after I got to see them. Uh, one of them, I was sleeping in the room and uh, we had a bunk bed, me and my sister and a, and a fly the size of a dog came up between the wall and the bed. Uh, and I ran out of the room in fear to only find that there's a, my dad lives in a drawer and my mom was a raptor and they were always this strange dreams. Uh, but when we were going to live in the house that we did, I had a dream about it before I even got to see it. Uh, and it was, uh, a pretty terrifying dream. Uh, I can remember it pretty vividly. It was burned into my head pretty well. I, was, I had this dream for maybe four years or more, just living in this house, and it was almost every night. So I got maybe 10 years old. So I, was, I was probably having this dream. Uh, pretty pretty hard to kind of think back to it. I don't I don't enjoy it because it's, not something uh, I want to remember, but uh, I was a little kid uh, and it was in the house I lived in for 10 years and, and it's a house where I saw the hat man and uh, I was in my room and something wasn't right. Normally my mom would come in and wake me up in the mornings, but uh, it was just creepily quiet in the house. Uh, there was a bedroom across the hall from mine that was my sister's. Uh, and when I stepped out of my room, the her room was empty and the hallway was quiet. And there was this weird, creepy red mist filling the air. Uh, I walked down the hall uh, towards our living room in the kitchen and there's nobody there. The, all the lights are off, curtains are shut. And I go to walk downstairs to where my parents' bedroom is and nobody there. And... I don't know why, but instead of going to check the uh, the TV area in the basement, I went into the the, the laundry room, which I, I don't know. I just decided to go in there, and I got into that uh, that laundry room, and I saw that there was this pile of clothes 
in the one corner by the the laundry machines, and it was mixed kind of in with with some body parts and that. And then there was an upside down, an upside down uh, laundry hamper, and there was something standing on top of it. I can't remember what was on top of it now. It's just a blur. But underneath in the hamper was my sister. So when I ran out of that room, terrified, I ran straight upstairs. And in the living room, there was this tall, shadowy figure with this creepy smile on its face. And then that's all I remember when I wake up. It was a probably a nightly thing for a few years and I always thought it was just a terrible nightmare until years later I was probably almost around 17 16 ish when I was talking to my sister about it in high school and I told her that I used to get these terrible nightmares uh, and everything in the in the air was red and she said that she had this dream once like that and she told me about it and it was almost identical to what I had dreamed uh, but except her and I swapped places. Uh, I had that dream before I moved in years after I, and then years after I did move in. Uh, but then once after I did get there and that uh, very weird things started to happen. Uh, and my sister kind of confirmed things too, after we moved out of that house, but she doesn't like to talk about it too much. Uh, I guess she's not willing to kind of, I guess her and I, we feel the same in the sense that, uh, if we kind of talk about it, it, uh, kind of, I don't know, like it has a chance of kind of coming back into our lives. This is a lot harder to talk about than I thought. <laughs> Take your time, man. I understand. I mean, uh, these experiences that you guys were having, um, did they manifest in your consciousness like in reality or were these like synchronistic dreams that you guys were having together? My sister said that she only had the dream once, uh, whereas I had the dream for years. And I always thought then maybe that was a bit odd, but I don't know. I, I've always had a problem with nightmares growing up as a kid, and especially after I lived in this house. And when I moved out, I had no issue with nightmares. And it was a very weird house. Um, like I said, my sister lived across the, she, her room was just across the hall from mine in the, in the upstairs area. And uh, I was extremely uncomfortable with the basement. I hated being down there, uh, whether anyone else was home or not. I mean, my parents could be in the basement. Everybody could be in the basement and I would rather be upstairs. And it, it would always have this feeling of just almost just like of darkness. Like if I went in the room, it was just a creepy, eerie feeling. And it was it was the whole basement, but it was always worse in that or worse in that laundry room. I remember lots as a kid that there would be times I was downstairs watching TV or playing on our game console. I think it was a PlayStation at the time. And uh, I would just get this feeling that there's something standing at the end of the hall in the bathroom that leads to the, the laundry room. And I'd look over and there's this uh, figure, I don't know, maybe seven feet tall. Like he takes up the entire doorway. 
and uh he's got this hat on right like almost like a like an old detective style like uh uh like la noir the game i'm not sure if anyone's going to get that reference or not but it's like an old style detective he's got that long coat and that uh fedora style hat and uh Anytime you would look at him, he'd kind of step out of the door frame, but into the room where he was. And uh, he was always in the door frames at the corners. Yeah, you can let her out. Uh, yeah, he's in the door frames. He's in the corner of the rooms. And I always thought, well, maybe I'm just, you know, seeing something out of the corner of my eye. But I could look straight at it and it wouldn't change. It wouldn't move. And the only time that it would move would be when I got up and I would move. Um, there was one time when I was six, maybe seven, I was sitting in the basement playing on my my PlayStation, and uh, I saw him standing in that doorway to the the, base, the the bathroom and to the laundry room, and I got up just to go see what it was. I was tired of seeing it so many times, and I wanted to know. And uh, I got up and I went into the into the bathroom. I followed him because he walked into the room. So I walked into the bathroom and there was nothing there. So I turned right into the, the laundry room and uh, I thought I saw him standing just around the corner where we have the the bar to hang up the, the shirts and that. So I walk all the way in and I turn around and uh, I see nothing. I look around the corner, I check around the clothes and there's nothing there. And I turn around to leave the room and I get this feeling like I don't have a feeling of dread or anything in in the laundry room. But the moment I turn around to leave, I have to go through the bathroom and I just get the feeling that I don't want to go into the bathroom. And uh, so I do what I had to do as a kid and I just ran right through and straight up to my room upstairs to where it was safer and it was like that all the time in the basement I would see it standing by the freezer under the stairs uh, in my dad's computer corner if the light was off it never would stand in the light it would stand in the pitch black room but you could still see it like it would it would be completely black and you couldn't see any details on it but you could still make out figures and shapes and the fact that it had a face but I couldn't see the face uh, you'd always hear things in the house that would happen only when the parents weren't around too uh, was, things would really get weird uh, a lot of the times when me and my sister would be left alone we would hear people walking around in different parts of the house and there'd be nothing there if you were in the basement there was somebody clearly walking through the hall and into the kitchen uh, it was only a two-story house. You had the upstairs and the downstairs. So it was, you could hear where people were, whichever room they were, when they were coming down the stairs. It was uh, very creepy growing up as a kid. Um, nothing really happened, happened, but it was always around and there was always that feeling. And then for me, there was always that that nightmare I had with the, the red, misty air and the the thing in the basement that uh, I guess kind of tore my family apart. And then there was the black figure upstairs with the creepy smile. Um, we did eventually move out of that house though. 
Um, I don't have a whole lot of stories, I guess, to tell about that because I was smaller when I grew up in that house. We were there for 10 years, but I was there for when I was four until I was 14. And a lot of it, I didn't want to remember. Um, but when we moved out, we actually moved into a place uh, that my mom inherited from her sister. It was a nice acreage property uh, just outside of town on Fairway. Uh, it's been in the family for years and it's a very old house, but it's a very nice property. It looks over a forest and backs into the woods of Fairways. I uh, I got the chance to grow up on this property quite a bit. Uh, my aunt was kind of like a second mom to my sister and I. Um, and we would always, like every Friday, she would come by, pick us up from school or from home if there wasn't school, and we would go out and do things. You know, oftentimes we would go swimming or out for lunch or dinner, you know, just out and about and have a good time. And I, I always loved to go out to her house, the acreage here, and, uh, you just play out in the yard or in her rec room and out in the woods and that. And growing up, I never had a problem with, with being out in the woods. You know, she, she had these forest pathways and that you could go walking through and one took you out to this kind of overlooked spot, looked over the creek, and it was really beautiful there, especially in the fall time. And I would always run down there by myself and through the other trail, which would take you down to the creek. But I never went too far alone, especially down to the creek. So I would always get this creepy feeling if I went too far. Like the moment I passed her property line, it was this feeling of uh, like I just wasn't supposed to be there. Um, but yeah, I never had a problem being out in these woods by myself. Uh, I've had run-ins with bears and other wild creature, creature, <laughs> creatures and, uh, rabbits live out here. There's coyotes, but I've never had a, a bad, bad, uh, encounter. And it's always been fairly friendly. And so I ran through the woods lots, but there was these little things that made me uneasy in the woods, but I couldn't tell what they were um i would honestly say the best way to describe them would be the same way that uh, a squirrel would run through the woods it's loud it's obvious um but you would see where this thing was supposed to be at you would see like the leaves and, and everything being thrown up from the from it running through the woods but i couldn't see anything like like it wasn't visible to me i don't know really what what to describe it as, but I know as a kid, I always described that little thing as a goblin because it reminded me of this creature from this movie I watched. It was something you could only see if, uh, I don't know, you can't remember this movie now, uh, but only like certain people could see this creature and I couldn't see this thing, but it wasn't very big. Like it was very much like a squirrel, but there was always a few of them. Now, maybe at first it started with one or two and they would kind of stomp around in the trees as I was on the trail. But when it started to be get like become more frequent, it started to be get more, uh, almost more hyper, like everything amped up. Like if it went from one and two, kind of maybe checking me out, seeing what I was, it went to like five or six now, uh, making a fuss and running up a storm and, really just scaring me out of the woods. I can hear my dog starting to go nuts in the 
basement now. Yeah. Do you want to take care of them or are you good? Uh, no, my cousin actually just ran downstairs to to check on them. Okay, cool. Um, but even these little things, like I didn't have much of a problem with them. They never did anything other than pretty much chase me out of the woods and that. But it was that creepy feeling I got if I went too far into the woods that uh, started to scare me, especially after I moved into this house. Uh, I'm actually on the property right now. Uh, I moved back in after I went to university. And um, the feeling that I had then is gone now, except when I'm in the woods. So I don't think whatever it was is gone, but that it's not so close. So eventually I moved out of the house that uh, I lived with this hat man, that me and my sister lived with this hat man. I moved out of there and we moved into this acreage property that my mom got from her sister. Uh, but I was away on a trip in Europe when the move happened. So I went from living in that house to going on a trip and coming back to living in this house. And it was once I, once that move happened and I was in the house, I started getting the strange feeling from more than just in the woods. Like it had started to come up. Like, I don't, don't really know. Like it just decided that it didn't want to hang out in the woods anymore, that the creek wasn't good enough or something. And it came up out of the trees and began watching the house. And best way I can describe it was just watch the house. Um, I never really saw those little goblin things again much after that. They were really only around a lot when I was a kid. Um, like I said, there was the one time I was with my cousin in the woods uh, and we were playing as kids. and. I said that they were coming in that, but I'm not sure how much he believed it. Uh, to him, I don't know, I think it was a game. But uh, they terrified the, the life out of me. And uh, when I moved into this house and I started getting that creepy feeling from the woods, from just being in the yard and in the house, I just it didn't feel right. Something felt really wrong. Uh, after the first year, maybe, I started to actually see this thing in the trees and coming just up into the yard. And uh, the best way I could describe what it was, was very human-like. It was, maybe if it stood up seven, eight feet tall, like it, it looked really long because it, it had no, like no muscle mass, no fat. It was skin and bone, but it crawled on its hands and not quite on its knees, like it crawled on all fours using its feet. And it, it would just sit out in the yard by our fire pit, just, just in the tree line, and watch the house. And I would see it from our kitchen window, which is a big view window. And then after about a year, it started getting closer. And two years, it got closer. And it, it was an uneasy feeling. And I'm not sure if anyone else in the house felt it or saw it. And I've never talked to anyone else about this stuff because it's, I've always been told by people it's not real and, you know, not to believe in it. And I had never had an explanation for what I saw. So I just let it be, I guess, in a way. And when I started seeing this thing in the house, though, it terrified me. It eventually went from being in the yard and, and in the in the tree line to one night I was up maybe about 1 a.m. And I heard a terrifying scream out in the woods. And I don't know what came over me, but I decided to 
just go see what that was. It's, it was something I'd never heard before. So I walked, I took my flashlight out, I left my dog, and then I just walked into the woods. Um, by this time, the forest trails that I had, I was so used to growing up as a kid had been overgrown and unmaintained. So I was just walking through the bush looking for whatever made this noise. Uh, I came up to this little clearing, and this was in the winter time, so everything was dead. But I came up to this little clearing. It was pretty much a perfect circle, maybe twelve feet across, and it just it, like the forest fell silent the moment I stepped into it. Um, I didn't know what was going on. You know, normally there's birds, there's there's something in the woods, there's deer, there's moose here, there's bear. There's almost always something wandering around the woods and you can hear it. And the forest just felt silent when I stepped in this. And after maybe a minute of just kind of like feeling weird, I decided to leave and I turned around to head straight back to the house. And something started rustling in the bush right behind me where I was just facing. I didn't want to turn around. I didn't want to know what it was, but I froze. I couldn't move. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I just, the rustling wasn't there. I was staring there, staring at that spot for, I don't know how long, like a minute, like I said, but it felt like I was in there for 20 minutes and I froze. Like I was, it was fear, um, which it was weird because I never had an issue with, with coming across wildlife before. Like I've been face to face with bears, like with, with nothing on me. And I've had no issue with just walking out of the woods and having the bear walk the opposite way. And But whatever this thing was that I couldn't see just had me petrified. Um, if I, Finally, the spell, I guess, just broke. And I darted back to the house, just didn't care what was in front of me. I just ran through the bush and got up to the house and in the yard. And the moment I got back into the yard, I turned around and looked into the woods. I didn't see anything, but I could feel something looking back at me. So I ran into the house and shut the door, locked the door, and went back upstairs to where my room was and went to bed. And when I woke up the next morning, there was nothing in the yard, no tracks in the snow. There was, it was almost like it never happened. And there was no noise after that again. Um, But it was after that that I started to, to see this creature come right up to the house. At the time, we had an old deck that uh, it had no railing and the boards were rotten and you could fall through it, uh, as I have a few times. And uh, you could walk up to this deck and it was still fairly quiet, even though it was a rotten old deck. So we've had things like there's been moose that have walked onto the deck and other creatures, there's been coyotes and bobcats that walked right up to our patio door without making a noise. And I turned around and looked outside and it was the same thing. I couldn't see anything, but I could feel whatever it was, was looking back at me, but it wasn't in the trees. Uh, it was after that, then it got closer like that constantly right up to the house. And eventually I would be sitting in the house in my room on my computer and I would see it down the hall or in the bathroom 
but nobody else really seemed to notice it. It was only ever, or at least not that they've told me or I've actually never asked them. It's a bit of a weird subject to try and bring up. I know my dad doesn't believe in a lot of this and my mom does, but I don't know how much she would does believe in. Um, my sister, like I said, she kind of refuses to talk about this stuff. She'll talk about it on special occasions and that and never at her own house. And it really feels like talking about this stuff will almost bring it back into our lives. Uh, especially me living back here on the acreage where a lot of this happened and that thing that I saw, you know, it, it was here that I saw it all. Um, sorry, I'm just getting a little sidetracked and that's all right. Uh, when I would see it in the house, it would always be following me. Like its attention would be on me because I was the one that was always going into the woods. Um, my sister didn't like living out here. My dad didn't really do much to maintain the forest pathways. And that's why I got overgrown. It was, it was always me that, you know, I loved exploring the woods and being out in the woods. And so it always, that's my guess for why it always seemed to, to follow me. But I'd be sitting in my room and it would see it down the hall from the bathroom looking at me or peeking up from around the stairs. And if I was walking upstairs, it'd be downstairs looking up. And then the moment I would get upstairs, it would it would be there. It would be in the bathroom or in the closet, hallway closet, just sitting, staring at me. It had these huge sunken eyes. Like I could tell it had the like had eyes, but I couldn't really see the eyes i had never really fixated on the eyes because i was always stuck on the hands they had these long long fingers like maybe i don't know inches very well but maybe 10 inches and like if his body was ghostly white its nails were like dark reddish brown maybe blackish but it was always always dark wherever i would see it it would, it would almost like it would fade into the darkness and step out only just so I could see it. Um, it did this for years until I moved out uh, and I went to university. Uh, I moved to uh, the next province over. I moved to BC and went to school for a while. And it, uh, I had no feelings there. There was no no seeing anything, no creatures that I could find. And then when I came home from university and I moved back in, it's almost like whatever it was went back into the woods, that it, it's not coming up no more. And I, I don't know what it was or what it wanted or what it was doing. But it always seemed to just to watch me. It never, never came close enough to even touch me. It, it came up to my door one day. There was a night I was sitting on my computer. I uh, moved into my sister's old room, so it was around the corner. She had moved out, and so I got to move into the bigger room. And uh, I, I saw it as I went upstairs. It was in the closet, and I ignored it as usual. I just walked right past it. I uh, went round the corner into my room, sat down at my computer. Uh, and then maybe after about 20 minutes or so, it saw it poke its head around the corner. And 
I just chose to ignore it. It it never did anything. So I just, rather than concern myself or worry myself in any way and freak myself out, as I know I probably would, I just chose to, to ignore it and just watch it when I could. And it came up it, in all fours. It came up and sat at the edge of my door, but it didn't come in. And uh, it sat there, I don't know how long, until I stood up and I went to leave my room and it was just gone. Uh, other than that creature, the, those little things out in the woods and hat man, there hasn't been a whole lot that's happened in my life. But at the same time, it's been all the way up until I left for university. It's just like there was something always in my life happening. Um, I know in the old house, like with the hat man, like other than the people walking around, there'd be things like mirrors wouldn't seem right. I'd look in a mirror and something just didn't feel right. Everything looked right, but there was always that feeling of unease and, and just that almost that gut feeling that I need to leave this area. Just and it would be like the moment I stepped outside, I would feel okay. And it would be the same way with this the acreage property and the thing in the woods. It'd be just the moment I stepped off the property and I, I wasn't around, it would be all right. Uh and then like I said, nothing was happening after I moved back from university. Uh I felt all right in that and I got a new job as a janitor. I was working evenings into the nights and it was really quiet work and I enjoyed it and that's actually how I got into listening to uh, Sasquatch Chronicles and then to uh, the confessionals and uh, it was it was really great listening to that but it was really creepy a lot of the times uh, it was it was listening to these other people's stories about the eyewitnesses and what they had gone through that helped me realize that a lot of what I went through was real and that it did happen. Uh, and that's really kind of what pushed me to, to then email you and talk to you about a lot of what had happened to me. And I know there's a lot that I missed out on, but I have never told this story before. I've never had a chance to refine it. Um, since I emailed you, I started to actually write everything down that I could remember so that I would have it for for myself. Um, but the moment I actually started doing that, I just, every time I started typing things out, I got this awful feeling of unease and that I shouldn't be doing that. And like talking about a lot of it gets very, very stressful. And like, it is difficult to talk to, talk about, especially the things like I had written the story down about my dream in great detail and I have it sitting right here in front of me, but I almost find myself unable to talk about it because to say those details out loud is almost like seeing it again. And uh, I don't know if I'm actually quite ready for that. So your fear is that if you speak it out loud, you're going to almost manifest it, speak it into existence. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that'd be the best way of describing it. It's just like I'm inviting it back into my life. 
I understand uh, where you're coming from. And uh, if I went through some of the things that you went through, I'd be terrified. Uh, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talk about the ghost or not the ghost. Uh, everybody talks about ghosts, <laughs> the hat man. And, um, you know, after hearing so many stories about this hat man, um, I, I don't know what it is, uh, but everybody has a little bit of a different twist to it. And some stories are terrifying and some stories aren't so terrifying, but curious. But what you saw in your house that came from the woods, that is something that would terrify me. And on different levels, because this isn't just like, oh, there's an entity in my house that haunts it and it appears sometimes. You're talking about something that you saw in the woods. And as time goes on, you would see it working its way to the house. And now you're seeing it in the house. Do you think that this thing was a physical creature or do you think this was more of a uh, spiritual entity that you were seeing? I, I feel it's more spiritual, but it, it would always appear physical, but I never had an explanation for how it got into the house. And I guess that's one thing that really made me feel it was more spiritual is nobody else seemed to notice it, hear it. And it would only manifest for me in a sense. Like I've never actually asked my family about it, but I mean, none of them seemed to, you know, none of them seemed off or in any way. I don't know. Maybe that's why they didn't want to go into the woods, but, yeah, none of them never really said anything or let on that they saw anything. So I always believed that it was something more supernatural. Did you ever see this creature when you were around anybody else in the family, or were you always by yourself when you would see it in the house? I would be by myself, but there could be other people around. Like uh, if I would be in the kitchen and see it outside, there might be people upstairs or my dad in the garage. But I would only ever see it if I was by myself. And the way you described it, I mean, when you saw it walking from the woods towards the house, it was on all four, but not on its hands and knees, but more on like its hind legs. Uh, first of all, you, you mentioned it being like seven to eight feet tall. That's incredibly tall. And it's actually uh, taller than I would describe a goblin to be from what people have described goblins to be. Um, typically a goblin, uh, I, I mean, I'm not like a goblin expert or anything, but, I've yeah. heard, you know, f three, three feet, four feet. What you're talking about is something far bigger and more too. like the, those little things that I described as a kid being goblins, like they, like I couldn't see them. And they never felt really much bigger than maybe my knee. Uh, but like I said, I couldn't see them, but they they weren't what whatever this thing was that was so tall. Okay, so what you're saying is the goblins that you were describing were the little things that you saw in the woods, but with this thing that you saw coming out of the woods, the big thing, you're not describing that as a goblin. No, not quite. I don't know what to describe that as because growing up and all the monsters and creatures I heard about, I, I never heard about this pale, tall, human-looking thing with fingernail daggers. Well, I've heard of this thing, and it's driving me nuts because you're describing something that's very accurately similar to another story I heard on uh, Sasquatch Chronicles, actually. Uh, it was a member show of his. And if I remember correctly, this lady had this creature coming out of the woods and 
uh, going into the barn, I think it was, and eating the horse feed or something like that. And she described it very well. And she actually drew a picture and he put, she put it on, I think Wes put it on the website, but I just cannot remember for the life of me what episode this was. But um, when I looked at the picture of what she drew, it's pretty much what you're describing. She described it as the same height. And when I looked at the picture, it reminded me of the movie Signs when they saw the alien creatures walking through town, these tall, pale, uh, skinny creatures with long fingers. And I'm wondering if that's something similar to what you saw. Did you ever see the movie Signs? Uh, I know the movie you're talking about, but I haven't actually seen it, no. You're killing me, Smalls. (laughs) I got my computer in front of me so I can actually pull up a picture of that, too. Yeah. If you just Google signs alien, uh, the images should pop up. And uh, it's it's this tall creature that's real thin. And, uh, you know, they call it an alien. It has that typical alien face. But um, that's what the lady drew for, for Wes's show. And when I told him that, he had never seen Signs. And I said, dude, it looks just like the movie Signs. And I sent him a picture and he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. So, um, you know, I'd be interested to see if it's anything similar to what you saw. I mean, it's definitely similar. Um, Looking at the pictures, I would almost say it was more like it, like it was starved for for its life like it had hadn't eaten in months like it, it looked malnourished it like um rib cage exposed like really skinny stomach midsection and but other than that it was it was very similar to this i didn't focus on the face a whole lot so i can't say the face is similar but general kind of look yeah i would compare it quite a lot to this very long fingers and so you're seeing this creature and it's very apparent listening to you share that it's singling you out unless somebody else is experiencing this and they're just not talking about it it seems like this thing is singling you out did you ever get a feeling that this thing was singling you out and also trying to threaten you in any way I never felt so much that it was threatening, but it definitely, I felt like it was singled on me. Um, like, like you said, it, I'd never noticed anybody talking about it or anything. And kind of going back onto the idea that if I ever talked about this stuff, that it's like inviting it back into my life, that at the time when this was happening, it felt like a lot that if felt a lot like if I, if I encouraged it, like if I interacted with it and I tried to to learn anything about it, would be to invite it to kind of start doing more than just watching and from a distance, and that maybe it would start getting closer and doing other things, and maybe bad stuff might start happening. Nothing ever did, but I didn't like the idea of you know being the cause of something bad. Yeah, I can understand that, man. I I can definitely understand that. Um, So you coming forward and talking about these experiences with me, are you getting the feeling that you could be attracting something by even talking to me about it right now? Maybe not so much 
because there's a lot of details that I, I did leave out. Um, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I, I've written down here that I, like if I wanted to talk about it, it just seems like I can't. Uh, I do feel a little bit of discomfort, but not so much in the sense that it's it's inviting anything uh, anything bad to come back or, or anything like that. It, it's almost, in a way, relieving a little bit that I can finally finally talk out loud about it, but it's still concerning in a way. Yeah. What kind of things are you not sharing with me right now? I mean, you don't have to go into detail if you don't want to, but like, can you share like, like types, like categories of what you're talking about when you say you leave stuff out? Um, well, for the, for the dream for that, uh, a lot of the details like, uh, in the laundry room and that, uh, they get quite shaky. Like, uh, if I wanted to keep it PG, I'd probably not describe the gruesome scene that was in the basement. There was, so I, if I try to go into that a little bit more, when I walked into the basement, I walked down the stairs into the the bathroom and into the laundry room because you had to go through the bathroom to get to the laundry room. There was the pile of clothes in the corner right next to the laundry machine and that. And it wasn't just the pile of clothes. Uh, after taking a couple steps into the laundry room, um, past the heater and that, you could see, you know, maybe there's an arm or a leg and dismembered parts of what would have been my parents. And just to the right and the upside down laundry hampers, my sister alive being held captive by something with its foot on top, holding her down. And the whole laundry room was basically decorated that way, in a way. And it's, for me, it's it's like I watched this every night for years, so I couldn't forget. Uh, until one, one day, I just eventually stopped having it, and I was able to forget. And it was actually listening to your show and listening to one of your episodes on the hat man. Uh, I can't remember what it was now, but, uh, it, it made me remember what I saw in the basement and the hat man that I saw. And then it brought back the, the dream. And before I emailed you, I actually had the dream only one night, but I had it the exact same way that it was when I was a kid. When I walked into the basement of the old house, I was myself, but my sister was her kid self, and my parents were their younger selves. And I'd run back upstairs, and there'd still be that shadow figure now in the living room. With this maniacal smile, like he knows he has all the power and that I can't do anything in that. You know, my worst, it's, it's literally my worst nightmare is, is to not be able to help my family in a bad situation. It's really hard to talk about that dream. Yeah, I can understand that, man. I can understand it. It seems, it seems like a kind of dream that seems very real. Like it, it, when you wake up from that kind of dream, you're questioning whether that really happened or not. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really hard to tell the difference in the dream, whether it was happening for the first little while, but it got to the point 
through the years where it was so repetitive, I I would wake up in that dream and I would know that I now have to follow the same course as always. And then it actually did change details a little bit here and there as time went on. Um, when we moved into that house, uh, it was myself and my sister upstairs in the two rooms across from each other, my parents in the basement. Uh, but when my sister and I got older, uh, she moved into the basement and my my parents took the room across from me. And uh, before that had happened, there'd be nights in the dream where there'd be subtle differences that, like that where it wouldn't be my sister's room across from me, it'd be my parents. Or there'd be things out like the kitchen would have breakfast being ready, but uh, nobody around. Um, some days we'd have just the light blockers closed on the curtains instead of the full, like the full blackout style. Um, but there was always the same track that I had to follow. I had to wake up and realize that my mom hadn't gotten me up. It was well past what I'd normally be up at and walk out into the hallway, see nobody, hear nothing nothing but the red mist in the air and I'd have to follow the track down to the basement into the laundry room, see what I see just to run upstairs and again to see that shadow figure in the corner of the living room. And he was never there before I went downstairs. I looked every time before I went down uh, when I started to realize more that uh, that I was on the same track and that I started to notice these differences and but he would never be there until I, I'd seen what I saw in the basement and I and I went up back upstairs. I don't know what it was that I saw that that shadow figure was, but I always just associated that to the hat man that I started seeing in the house because I had that before seeing the house. And then after being in the house, I started seeing him. So I was just connected to two, but I don't honestly know what the difference what if it was something different or not yeah i can understand the uh the thought process that goes behind that dude uh i'll tell you your experiences are um interesting and you know from somebody sitting on the outside looking in and knowing that you there are some details you're leaving out uh i i do wonder if there's something that i'm missing or that you're missing that's tying uh, the two things together, uh, or maybe they are two separate things, you know, but, uh, it's, it's very interesting that you had, uh, these experiences that scared you so bad with this, um, you know, these dreams and things like that. But then you start having this creature coming into the house from the woods. Uh, I do lean towards it probably being more of a, um, an entity, not as much of a monster creature coming out of the woods, uh, because of the fact that it's getting in the house without, you know, breaking a door, breaking windows, or I'm assuming doors were locked at night kind of thing. So, and nobody else seeing Actually, it. We could have walked in the door as easily as that. Um, in the country where we live, it's, it's really safe. And I, I, a lot of the times, well, now we lock the doors, but that's because the doors are broken, honestly. And, like before we would only lock the doors when we would leave. And my aunt beforehand would almost never lock the doors. Like it is out where we are a very safe neighborhood other than the wild critters that are in the woods. 
So it, it could have strolled in, but it would have to have done so extremely quietly. Like our patio door is a very old glass door and it's loud when you open it and it's loud when you close it. Like the slower you close it, the louder it squeaks. The faster you close it, the louder it slams. Our front door is probably a, a foot thick and it's solid wood. And you can't close that quietly at all. It, like I said, it's a very old house. It was the first house in the area and uh, it it shows its age with all the noise. When's the last time that this thing appeared before you? When's the last time you saw something? It would have been a few weeks before I moved away to university. I was getting my stuff packed, uh, cleaning up my room. Um, and that night, I, I didn't see it in the house, but I felt it downstairs. So I eventually had to go downstairs. I was packing everything up, putting my stuff in the basement. So I got up and grabbed my tote full of belongings that I wasn't taking and packed it down to the basement. And when I had come back up, I saw it standing out in the yard through the kitchen window. Uh, same spot as I would normally see it um, towards the trees, towards our fire pit, uh, kind of standing on the edge of the trees, not quite in it, but not quite out of the trees. And you're 21 now. I know you didn't say that on the show, but I know you mentioned to me earlier. So this happened, what, three years ago? Uh, would have been two, two, and a, two to two and a half years, yeah. Okay. So that's the last time you saw it. Do you, is it, do you think it's a situation where uh, if this thing is a physical creature, it just doesn't know that you're back? Um, I would like to believe that, but... If that was the case, it should know I'm back by now. Uh, I've done a lot of work in reclaiming those old forest pathways. Like like I said, my property extends into the trees, and I'm trying to start uh, almost like a homestead on this property. You know, my own garden, and you know, supply a lot of the food and everything that the house needs for for myself and. I've gone into the trees with power tools and hand tools and everything. And if that was the case, I feel like it should know I've come back now. Okay. Well, uh, in that case, what are your thoughts on why you haven't seen it again? I mean, do you think about that? Do you think what is the difference between now and then? Why have I not seen it? Was this something that was regular enough that you would even question that right now? When I when I moved back and I noticed that it was peaceful again, that I wasn't seeing it, I did definitely question that at first. Uh, I wondered, you know, why was this thing that was so interested in me before what I was seeing so frequently? Like, it was, it was almost a nightly thing. If I had stayed up late enough, I would see it. And, uh, like, why wasn't I seeing it anymore? And like without any answers, like I can't go into the woods and track it because it never left me a trail. I, I can't follow it because I don't know how it got in the house in the first place. Like I said, I I would see it in the bathroom downstairs as I was walking upstairs, only for it to beat me upstairs and see it as my head comes above the floor. I always just assumed that uh, maybe it, you know, because it it never. 
like it was there for the longest time. The feeling that this gave me was always in the woods when I was a kid growing up. And I figured when I initially started seeing it and it came up out of the woods and into the house that it was interested in me because I was familiar. I was in the woods so much. But then when I stopped seeing it, I assumed that whatever it was that was down in the creek uh, moved on, that uh, it left the area. Uh, there has been some more development in the area. And on the other side of the creek, there's a, uh, a little neighborhood. Uh, it's got quite a few houses over there. And I always just assumed that it moved on, moved up or down the creek and found something else certain somewhere else to be. Well, if it was a paranormal creature and not so much a physical creature, I don't think it would need to find another place to go. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it seems to me like this is something that was very paranormal in nature, seemed physical, but also had paranormal uh, abilities, uh, aspects to its um, nature. But whatever it was, I really hope you don't see it again, because uh, if I was seeing what you were seeing, I'm not so so sure I would have been so quiet about it. I think <laughs> I think I would have been like, did anybody else see this? I think I might be going crazy. You know, you know what I mean? No, totally. I like when I was seeing it, I would have loved to have, have talked about it and and known that I wasn't crazy with what I was seeing. But uh, like at that time, I, I tried kind of opening up to a few people that I thought were were my friends at the time. And I wouldn't actually mention anything about what I thought I'd been seeing, but I, I'd bring up the idea of, you know, different things existing like Sasquatch or Wolfman, just being two examples and that. And they would always laugh and start to mock me. So I never, never really opened up beyond that until I started listening to, uh, to your show and to Sasquatch Chronicles and realizing that I wasn't so crazy with what I saw and that maybe it really did happen that I wasn't imagining everything. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I love about this show is that it allows people to realize that they're not the only ones that are experiencing such things. And so I'm really glad the show was able to do that for you. Uh, and you know, like I said, I really hope that this is it for you and that, you know, you're not going to see this entity anymore. But if you do, please contact me, email me, let me know, because uh, that's something that I would be very much interested in knowing in real time. Well, I'm still uneasy in the woods. So if it's still around, it's probably not too far off, but it just doesn't come by or like come around anymore. But if I ever see anything, you'd be the first person to know. Well, I appreciate that, man. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Yeah, it, um, it was an honor for me to get the chance to talk to you and to share the story on, on your show. And I, I hope it helps other people the same way that uh, your show and listening to it has helped me. Um. 
Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. That's the best thing you can do to help the show grow is just to share it around your friends. I don't care how or where you share it. Just share the show if you enjoy it. And I also want to mention we have a store on the website that you can go to theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the store button and there you can get t-shirts, hoodies, a bunch of cool stuff. And we also have a partnership with Anointed AK, which is a beard oil supply company. And we also have our own line with them. So you can get actual beard oil that has the custom logo of the confessionals and custom scents. We also have a partnership with House Wolf Projects where they will make you a custom The Confessionals podcast phone case and even slate coasters. Really cool stuff. So go ahead and check it out, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Just hit the store button. You'll see it all right there. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye.